I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we are two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed Elamichi therapist and expecting mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to help get resources and help for their mental health. All right, Tay. So today we are talking about transitions and expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so we kind of touched on transitions before, but yes, we're going to dive yes. more into the expectation side. So, yeah. So we're just going to loosely cover transitions because we had talked about it in our second episode. It's called Mental Health Intro Number Two. Um, and we had talked about in depth, like some ways to handle transitions, how to approach it and everything else. But we just wanted to define it on this one because it, they go hand in hand for the time of year, which when you have major season changes, when you have new jobs, moving, school starting, all of that, it becomes a life transition, right? And it can cause all of these things to come out. And that's what we want to talk about for that one today. Yes. Okay, Tay. So transitions in our lives, um, we also have these expectations that we have to meet, like you had mentioned. Yeah. That redefine what are transitions. Okay. So transitions are, like I had said just a couple seconds ago, but we'll get more like detailed this time. It's yeah. like school starting, starting a summer, um, new job, moving, new life roles. Like if you're in a new partnership, if you're in a new like marriage, um, parenthood, things like that, you get a new dog. It can be honestly anything you look at how littles react to like just changes in life and that's um some of them like don't react well to any changes and then some of them are fine with lots of changes and then they just end up being uh, like more reactive to bigger things like moving or something like that so it can qualify for a lot of different things yeah Tay, you're on the verge of a big transition being a new mommy yeah yeah, and that's like a new role too. So like when you have bigger ones, they're more complex. And we're going to talk about how expectations with the bigger ones get pushed on you, right? Because taking on a new role, taking on a new person in our family, all of that, that's more complex than say starting school. And I've done that how many times since I was a little kid. So it'd right. be a transition, but it wouldn't be unknown versus like a kindergartner starting school or something like that. Right. Okay. And I, I like what you just said there that you've done this before, you know, with school, right? Mm-hmm. So this would be, that would be less of a transition for you versus yeah. motherhood. You haven't done that before. I mean, you've been an amazing auntie. Yeah. But you haven't no, I haven't birthed a child and like had to, you know, deal with said child as mine now. And that's where um, you look at the severity too for transitions. And that's what we're often looking for as therapists of how much does this rock this person? Is it all brand new? Is it somewhat known? Is it unknown at all? Like, and then what's the severity of forever changed being a new mom? That's a forever change. Like you never not yeah. be a mom. Right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Once you're, once you're mommy, you're mommy forever. And then they own you. Because I was like, we're in it and it's done. And she's like, yeah, well, and then she was trying to like find a way to like ease it up. She's like, no, you're just in it forever now. Like, (laughs) right. Every little aspect. I mean, right now when we were just trying to record the podcast, it was, you know, Adeline dropped a phone on her eye and needs an ice pack and then is laying on the bed and there's a spider. There's a spider. (laughs) Yeah. 
and it, that and is a huge still, transition. And you look at our mom, she has, you know, youngest is 30. I'm her youngest. Oh, and, like, yeah. and she's still like, mom, we need you. Like, I've already I, called my mom today in a panic. I've already <laughs> called my mom like three times today. You just called my mom, you know, so it's like, um, and she's like one of our best friends. So it's just, you know, some of it's just like, once you're mom you never go back but then it is going to transition into the role that you play but at the same time it's not so when you have life altering roles like getting married partnership having a kid things like that those ones definitely come with a whole other stockpile of expectations which we're going to talk about than like going to school going to school still has expectations it's just not as intense i'd say like yeah different intensity yeah yeah um, so it is important as you're going through life that you recognize these transitions. Uh, sometimes we go on autopilot and we don't always recognize what we need, but Tay, like how, how can people prep themselves, I guess, to be more aware of what's happening in their life transitions? Okay, Brittany, what's our favorite word? Be intentional. Yeah. <laughs> be intentional. Be, be intentional. It's all about, um, I mean, we all know things are coming up. Like, you know, the season shift, you know, you have school changing. Like we talked about this at our beginning one, because we were starting in May, our podcast, which is crazy. We've been doing this for that long. Um, yeah. Thanks for those who have stuck with us. Yeah. We appreciate you people. Um, yeah. So that's where, you know, you're starting summer and we talked about like, everything's different from school year, but now we're going back into school year for people and everything's different again. Those ones are expected changes, right? We have a very rhythmic thing with the seasons. Um, so, like, I feel like people are aware enough of those ones. It's more like the nuanced ones. Are you aware of, like, your kid's 15 and now they have different thought processes than a 13-year-old? Things like that. Does that make sense? Those ones are harder to find. Oh, yeah. Autopilot. Because yeah. you're just, like, watching your kid grow up. Like, Ada's now 11, almost 12. Watching her grow up, it's like... Well, it's yeah, totally different to. problems. Like talking to her little bestie on the phone today, you know, shout out to Ella, who's probably listening. But like, it's a new thing we have to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have to, it's like, oh my gosh, she's not this little girl anymore. Now there's these tween girls on their cell phones. Like, but what we are have doing? to, like, yeah, I was like, you have to transition. We have to transition into how we treat them or think about their age or their development. And that's where I think I see a lot of autopilot brains not shift over is you're not yeah. thinking about your stage has changed because it's so slow in progression in a way. Like it's taken 11 I mean, it's years. Just day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it slowly and then you're like, wait, I have a tween now, not, a, you know, and that's where, yeah, you have to transition, but you need to be intentional about when you're transitioning and parenting in that style instead of the other style. And I think those ones are harder to find. So just being intentional, being aware that, you know, my approach needs to change with this kind of thing can really help. And other examples too that aren't parenting would be like, you know, a role at your job or, um, guys, my brain isn't as quick as it usually is, but you know, things like that. We're having contractions as we're recording this. So we'll give you a break. Thanks. But, <laughs> um, I guess if we look at my own life, even though like I, if we talk about a job one, right. Mm-hmm. I used to work more full time, everything, you know, and then COVID happened, the pandemic, my kids were home. So I've gone back down in hours. Mm-hmm. That was a transition. I wasn't prepped for that emotionally, what that meant. Remember how hard I had a time for giving my office up. Yep. And I had worked from home for a year at that point. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, I you're like no morning on my own. Yeah. They don't want me. <laughs> they like, don't well, want me. And I still have the job. Yeah. Like, I just go in. You just don't go in. Just, yeah. Yeah. 
but even like I had to really like process those feelings and be like, this is a transition. I am going from, you know, a mostly full-time working parent to I work from home now and I'm homeschooling my children. I was not prepped for that in a million years. I would have never prepped that. No. And, but you can't be on some of them. Like, um, really easy example. Cause I was single at the time getting Koa, like a dog, right. That was a huge mm-hmm. life transition that I wasn't necessarily prepped for and how much that would change my life of having, it's almost like having a kid, but not where you're yeah. responsible for this other living creature. The responsible for, I mean, for me, yeah. Cause I'm psycho, but, um, you're responsible for this other living thing and your whole schedule has to change your whole thought. Like I just remember being like, when I got him being like, okay, now I cannot go to the store for this many hours. I need to be home or he needs to be with me or I need to come back and feed him or, you know, things like that. And that's a huge transition when you have gone from one form of lifestyle to another. And that's what we're looking for is like, are you intentionally setting it up so that you can still be successful with it? Yeah. Okay. So if we use those two examples, Tay, um, when you got the fur baby and when I started working from home more and went from full-time to part-time working homeschool mom, how could we process that in a healthy way without avoiding our reality? I'm trying to think like, what do you mean by your question? Are you saying like, what's the best way to approach that like, or? Yeah. What's the best way to approach this? We weren't ex- like, I guess you were expecting Koa, right? That was one that you I was expecting Koa. I wasn't for. expecting the which I was fine with because I adored him. I wasn't expecting the dramatic shift of how much my life would revolve around this thing. Does that okay. make sense? Like I thought yeah. he would be a part of my life instead of my life. Like he became everything. And that's more because when I attach to something and I love something, I just, she it becomes hard. my all. I love really hard <laughs> and I really love my dog, which is a little crazy. Okay. But that's perfect then. So if we pause there, yeah. you recognize how it changed your life, right? You're like, yes. oh, I got this doggy. Mm-hmm. I love Koa. This is harder than I thought. Okay, so first you acknowledged it. Yeah, and if I didn't, I don't think that we would have had the bond that we had versus I saw the exchange, right? Where I'm like, okay, yeah. this is like not just like I'm adding something to my life and my life can continue on as it's, it has been. This is a I've added something, but now I want him in it. And how am I going to incorporate this in it? And I think that's where people get hung up is how do you actually ingrain something into your life that you were not expecting? How do you actually like have it become your story now? And that's the acceptance piece. Like the Buddhists have this concept of acceptance, right? Where the facts don't really matter. Sometimes they're like, we are resistant to change or we are resistant to this idea. And at the end of the day, what you really have to do is just say, this is a fact. So like for me, you know, I didn't plan on a dog becoming my whole world and becoming my little man, but <laughs> that's how I attach. And that's just what it is. And I can either fight it and be like, I'm psycho and I'm not going to do that. Or I can figure out how to make it work for me and benefit me. And the minute that I did that was the minute that it became beneficial truly instead of like limbo land. And when people yeah. have that hard time is when they're not accepting their new reality. Okay. So I think there was like the other two steps there would be after you had acknowledged, right, this is going to change my world. This is a bigger deal than I accepted. And then you were able to recognize what you were feeling. Like, I love Koa. He loves me. This is so worth it. And then you were able to kind of put together a plan. You're meaningful behind it. And like, this is my reality. I'm going to do it. It starts with acceptance though. Like, yeah, this is the situation. This is what it is. I just remember, or even like, getting pregnant for us. Like I remember going to my husband and it happened really quickly. And 
And he was just like, no, no. And like, it was the first like couple hours he was still trying to accept it. And then all of a sudden I saw this shift where he's like, okay, yeah, you are pregnant. Like, and it was this shift and then it, it all fell into place for him. Right. But it was such a yeah. shock at first that you're going to have resistance. That's normal to be shocked. It's normal when you have big life changes to be like, not hundred percent sure. Like, okay, are we like for reals? And like for your brain to have to catch up. And then the minute that you do and you embrace it is the minute that things get a lot better for us. But it does sometimes when you have a shock, take a second. Yeah. So just, I like that. Those were good examples. Like a lot of people can, I think, relate to those in different, you know, in different aspects of their yeah. own lives, but use that foundation that you've set like from past transitions to help guide you through the next ones. And I think that that helps you be more resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all about just, can you change the dialogue in your head of what you thought was, and this is where expectations is coming, coming into play, right? We all have a, a thought, a predisposed conception of what we think reality will be. Like we all have this (laughs) idea or or delusion (laughs) of, this is what I want. This is what I think life is going to be. Like I thought I was going to be married at like 22, have babies and just be a stay at home mom. And I'm a career woman. We always joke about this. Me and you like switched oh each my other's gosh. lives. Like- I was going to say that. And mine was a complete opposite. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to be like own my own company, making bank by the time I'm 30. Thousand, like downtown Ballard, Seattle. <laughs> Yeah. And I was doing your single life that you wanted in Portland. Like It was just like, we were completely... I want to train my kids for the world. I adore them. It's just life changes. Right. And yeah, now, but like I said, it's our full-time work for, yeah. Our preconceived notion of what life was or our like expectations were those based off our personalities, right? Like I am much less spotlighty, much less not that you are, but just like, you know, for personalities, I'm so reserved and I'm so like, oh, I'm good. I just can be a stay-at-home mom or things like that growing up, that that's what mm-hmm. I expected for myself. And for you, you're like, I'm going to go now make a pivoted. name. Yeah. I had to pivot because life didn't go how I wanted it to. So my expectations had to transition. And that was really hard for a minute. Like that took a lot for me to transition. Girl, you glowed up. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Thanks. No, but it's just, it's an example for people. I think where, <laughs> it's an example for people, I think, to understand that life is, you are going to come in with preconceived like notions. People sometimes say like, oh, I don't have any expectations of myself. I'm sorry, BS. Like you do. Like that's just. Like you totally do. There, there's no way you don't. You know what I mean? Whether it's like you want to sit on the couch all day or you, you don't want life to take care of you or whatever it is. <laughs> that's Hanson's dream to be a couch potato. He told me. That's literally. Is, I, I could see that being said by yeah. Hanson. I want to yeah. watch Pokemon all day. He was telling this barber. I think the only ones that get away with that are the dogs on Instagram. <laughs> My dog doesn't uh, even get yeah. away with that. <laughs> Close. Close. I'm just kidding. I mean, he has well, to work. He is a working dog. <laughs> let's dive into some of those expectations. So there's two different types of expectations that we put upon ourselves. There's the spoken expectations, and then there's the unspoken expectations, which are a little scarier. So we're going to start with the spoken ones. So let's Tate, talk about like, what expectations are first. They're, they're okay, cool. usually like requirements in our head. It's an external pressure, internal pressure that we have, right? So there's some form, like I gave the example, which I was trying to do to like set up this whole conversation of, I thought my life was going to be stay at home mommy, having kids, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up being 
a therapist with my own company and now I'm having kids, right? Like at 30. Um, We come in with these like ideas, predisposed things, thinking that this is what we either need to live up to. They can be boundaries, they can be rules, or they can just be an idea or a concept that we have. So it's kind of a wider range of definition. Does that make sense though? Yeah, totally. Mm. Okay. So we have spoken and unspoken. The spoken ones are clear rules, right? Like mm-hmm. um, they're they're said, they're spoken. So like when you go into elementary school, you got a list of rules on the wall and you know like what you're supposed to do. Sit in your seat, raise your hand, ask to go to the bathroom, all these things, right? Um, right. Society, we have rules like laws. You can't go stealing people's stuff. Don't go murdering yeah. people. Speed like limits, that. all those. Yeah. All those things. Um. I'm trying to think of other ones. So in relationships, sometimes you'll like set it up where you have boundaries with people like, I don't like it when you do this, but you have to verbalize those ones, but it's still like a, a spoken thing. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Or like marriage, I guess. If you're married, then typically that comes with a commitment. You know, don't go cheat on me. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're one-on-one or if you're in an open relationship or whatever you have established, like that's your like base right. ground rules, but, but you, you have, have to establish those. Yes, yes. You can't just be like, Oh, that's no. what we established. New. No, you have to like, it can't be like, Oh, I thought I was in this open relationship. I do what I want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've spoken. Yeah. yeah it needs Clear to be boundaries and yeah. Expectations come from that. Yes. Um, can we just like talk about boundaries for a second? Yes. Have you heard about people talking was- about boundaries nowadays? <laughs> I was just going to say, I was actually with one of my favorite 17 year olds the other day. And uh, they were talking about boundaries and it was just really funny because she was talking about just different, you know, what that meant to different people. And in her mm-hmm. mind, it went, meant one thing and some of her friends mind it meant another thing and that they were really having a conflict over this. It was really stressing her out. Like I yeah. have these boundaries and they're not understanding this. Well, a lot of, a lot of teens too, um, <laughs> their definition of boundaries. And I feel like a lot of people in general, but I've just noticed TikTok drives me nuts, people's um, Instagram reels <laughs> on mental health. Not oh, everything's yeah. accurate. But no, it muddles the message. <laughs> it does. And then people are being like, I have these boundaries. But it's it's become a way for people to basically tell you, it's my way or the highway. You will do what I say. You will do what I want. And that's my boundary. And it's like, okay, that's not the point of a boundary. The point of the boundary is meant to be like, hey, like when I have people come into session, we have to establish boundaries, right? So I'm like, right. I ask for 24 hour cancellation policy, otherwise you're charged in full. I explain why. I'm like, always communicate with me if there needs to be an exception, like things like yeah. that, right? Um, and that's me saying, like, these are my expectations. However, talk to me, right? I'm not just like sitting there saying, you will follow me, you will do what I want you to do. Like, <laughs> you will. And the way I'm I've had Taylor. teens come in and talk to me is just like, that's what they're doing. They're setting up their relationships and their friendships. And they're literally like, you will do this. I do not allow this. And it's like, okay, like that can be your attitude behind, like your motivation behind it. But you don't yeah. need to go and be like stating that. Does that make sense? There's nicer ways to state your boundaries. And there's a better, more effective way to state your boundaries without you bullying people into what you want. And I feel oh, like yeah. people use boundaries now to be like their excuse to bully or to like get what they want. And it's... Ugh. Yeah. And so I'm just throwing that out there. If you don't clearly understand how to establish a boundary, I think the best way to do is like, what's your motivation behind it? Is it a realistic or unrealistic expectation too? Like, 
I do not realistically expect all my clients to always know 24 hours ahead of time that they can't come in. That's just, I am aware you are a human being. Life happens, right? However, right. if you're sick the night before and then you like go and be like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Okay. That's a lack of responsibility versus like, I got sick this morning and I threw up. Cool dude. Like stay home. Don't get me sick. Right. Not going right. to, not going to charge you. Um, and that's where I think teens don't have that flexibility yet of understanding boundaries is like, it's okay to have these expectations of people, but how are you stating it? And what, how aggressive are you? Like, does that make sense? <laughs> oh, totally. It'd be yeah. like me being like, Hey, you can't be my sister unless you hang out with me five times a week, text me all the time and yes. never talk to anybody else. No, Brittany, I've heard and this. <laughs> I know you would have. That's yeah. why you said it in such an extreme way. Yeah. To be like, you're not my sister if you do one of these yeah. things. You don't really That's care about healthy. me. No, yeah. but then you it's don't... also like, those are unrealistic, right? People ebb and flow. Yes. We still have a good relationship, but sometimes we don't see each other, talk to each other for a little bit, like, because life happens, but then we do. I mean, by a little bit, we mean like two days max, but you know, yes. <laughs> well, we didn't see each other for like a day the other day. We almost freaked out, but we also live like really close <laughs> to each other. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's where I think... If we, but when I lived in Portland, that wasn't the expectation, right? No. Because I yeah. wasn't here, but we were still close. It's just that we realized we were in a different stage of life. You had littler kids. I was single. Like we knew what yeah. our expectations were of the relationship. And I think that's where it gets a little crazy with the boundaries sometimes with people. Yes. But being able to express that in a healthy way is so important. Yeah. You can't just dictate things. That's the key word is you cannot just go and dictate and say, this will be the way it is in order to engage with me. And there are a few exceptions. I will say there are times with some of my clients where I'm like, dude, you got to lay down the law. But that's like, yeah, very case by case, right? Or like situational. And, yeah, and I was going to say there are things like if you're not comfortable, let's say as a teenager having sex yet, that would be a boundary to say as you're in a new relationship. Absolutely. I'm happy to get physical, but not to the point I'm not comfortable having No, those are like ones where I'm like, those are non-negotiables. Verbalize it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Versus like, me and my husband, you don't wipe down the counter. I'm going to be mad at you every time if you don't wipe down the counter. Like, no, my boundary is, yo, Masson, after you cook, please wipe down the counter. You know, and like, it's a reminder. It's like, I appreciate it when you do that. Or can you like, remember to do that, please? Versus that's not going to be like a you're dead to me. I'm mad at you. You don't like my counter now. Like, <laughs> and so there's a severity of things, right? Right. Um, and how to like lay those out for people. Yes. Okay. So, so those are spoken. The yeah. Those are spoken. Yes. So Do we have any other unspoken? areas unspoken? I like spoken because they're very straightforward. I know. I was just going to say, I was like, spoken feels so straightforward though. Like they're very there rare. are boundaries. <laughs> There are laws, there are rules. Yeah. It's black and white. It's very like, okay, if I do this and I do this and, um, we teach our kids at a younger age. (sighs) Yeah. Spoken expectations, right? Like my son will know, okay, today is Saturday before you go play outside. I need your jobs done. Mm -hmm. You know, you must, whatever that day it is, dust and shave the couch or whatever. We get really nubbies on the couch, but he knows that like those are his expectations. I don't get to play with my friends until I do this on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because as you're going into the teen world now, you're going to go into the other side where there's also unspoken expectations. I know because it's just developmentally. Yeah. It's like developmentally that's what we have to teach them how to do. And that's what naturally just comes up. 
And you can't, yes. you can't think of every single thing, which is almost good that parents can't because you need your kid to learn how to observe these and understand them. Now, okay, of course, if your kid is neurodivergent, meaning like on the spectrum or something like that, the autistic spectrum or things like that, there is several nuances to the unspoken ones that are like not going to be picked up harder. by a neurodivergent yeah. person. So you have to be more blatantly clear to teach them like ants and uncertain expectations. You we're, We have to be more like black and white about it than we would if yeah. with a, a atypical. Right. Yeah. With Adeline, the unspoken things are picked up typically more, but yeah, right, well, let's dive into that. So Tay, what are unspoken expectations? Yeah. So these are <sighs> complicated. <laughs> um, these are all the things I tell people, if you feel like you have pressure from that zone in your life, it's probably an unspoken expectation. So it comes from areas yep. <laughs> such as like societal norms. Um, yeah. So like, that would be like the way you dress, the way you talk, the music you listen to. And that changes based off what society you grow up in, right? Yes. Portland versus and it will also change what age Washington. Yep. Teenagers it, will have different societal expectations than us. Versus what role you fill or don't fill. Like yep. being a therapist, there are certain expectations people have of me versus not being a therapist. Like, um, Or let's take you versus me. My primary job is in marketing and graphic design. Yep. So my societal expectations are very different than yours. If I show up to work in a crazy colored outfit, they'll be like, oh, she's just a designer. It's fine. If you yep. show up in that, people will be like, she's off a rocker. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Or if I, um, I don't know, if I was in public doing like a crazy dance or something, like people would be like, uh, you know, versus like other people could do that and be fine and not judge. So there's like certain things where, when yeah. you hold a role, when you hold a position, being a mommy, like you're expected to be a mommy and care about your kid versus doing other things or does that oh, make that's sense? So much mom shaming and yeah. mommies. Ha- I mean, every role comes so much like collateral damage, right? Oh yeah. There's so much pressure to be what society people, everybody around you thinks you should be. Yes. And there's, it's going to vary well, based I'm- off your group. Yes. And the unspoken stuff, I mean, with the societal mom shaming, I mean, that goes into everything like a fed baby's the best baby, breastfeeding's the best, I, you know, you can only have them wear this or whatever. Oh, yeah. Neutral clothes, colorful clothes. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. You get, you get a ton of opinions all the time. Everybody has a different one. Everybody has their own experience. And that is another unspoken thing where their experience is forcing you into your experience. Yes. And that's another area where it's going to come from. Um, and if we factor that into socioeconomically, it will be different based off of where you live, what neighborhood you live in, your social media exposure, all of that. So take it all with a great salt. What race you are <laughs> when people find out that we're half Mexican versus when they – we present very, like, Caucasian. Like, we do. Very Caucasian, um, yeah. We grew up in suburban, small town America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are always like, you look like you're a mix of something, but people can't usually nail what I am, you know? And that's where – just because my curly hair, but – um we are like, and then once they find out that, then other expectations come onto it where they're like, well, do you speak Mexican or do you speak Spanish? Um, yeah. Like all these other things. Did you yeah. have a quince? Did you have a like, for beans? Yeah. Did you have yes. a quince? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like another expectation of this role comes on or do you feel like you're prejudiced against or things like that? And it's like, okay, there's another line. And then um, other areas it can come from is like religion, systems that you're a part of, um, political parties movements 
Um, we can dive into all of these individually easily. Yeah, they're but- all so complex too. So like, yeah, each one is super strong in its own way. When you identify with the label, then it comes, any label comes with expectations. That's the problem. So all my teens come in wanting a bunch of labels and I'm like, like getting more pressure. Like it's, I just feel their pressure when I'm like, great, we have yeah. another one. Like, Awesome. You know, and that's that's where anything that you identify with is going to cause you to feel pressured. Being a dog mom, pressure. Um, and it shouldn't be, but it is, you know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of it. Ugh, it all feels so heavy. So that's, yeah, like that's where they come from. Um, did we get them all? I think so. Like overwhelming to think about guys, you know, it is. And I think it's important to remember that we do feel these unspoken expectations from so many different avenues. Like I could say in my own life, I feel, you know, unspoken expectations from societal norms, uh, from religious norms, Mm -hmm. from club norms, you know, like any of that. Like I remember even when I was going to this awesome gym and I felt this like unspoken expectations to, do a certain number of workouts every day or whatever it may be. Like we are constantly loading these unspoken expectations on ourselves. So if you ever feel like it's just heavy, it probably is in that moment. No, there's a lot to it. And the, and the crazy part is too, is that there's internal and external pressure. So some of it comes from us and our interpretation of this situation. Oh yeah. I think we're diving more into that in the next episode. We are a, yeah. Um, we should be. Yeah. And then some of it comes from external, like outside, like we're talking about, like, if you don't fit in the group, then are you going to get kicked out? If you don't align with whatever people think, are you not going to be accepted? So yeah, this or if you is- don't make your work deadline, then you might get fired or whatever. Yeah. You know, this my is- husband right now has a clear boundary at work. You're up for a raise and promotion in March. If you get this project done by Thanksgiving, that is a spoken yeah. boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or like students' deadlines, you know, like yep. schoolwork, things like that. Um, all of that are more spoken and then the unspoken stuff. Or the, I think that those are the ones that catch us up the most because those are the ones that we feel the most, but we don't always like Instagram, TikTok. Those are unspoken expectations, right? I'm Having just to say that. Act a certain way, be popular, look a certain way. Like I remember in middle school, I do not look like middle schoolers should have looked in the 2000s. I was in middle school in what, like 2006. And all the style uh, was yeah. like bone straight hair with Hollister, super skinny. No, I was big fat Greek wedding, curly hair, chunky. I was like, think American Mexican Ferrara. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, ugly Betty kind of. Sister of the traveling pants. No, I wasn't going ugly Betty, but like sister of the traveling pants. Remember she didn't feel like she fit in. Oh yeah, no, that, that's actually a really good one. That was like literally what yeah. I was like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. She was beautiful. She just had to realize she was not Blake Lively. No, well, that's. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I didn't fit into that time zone, right? Like, I didn't fit. Right. Now, I always like joke with my teens. I'm like, dude, that would have been awesome. And, like now in school, like <laughs> everything about me is in right now, thick and you know, curly hair and whatever. Yeah, we've um, got our big eyebrows, oversized shirts. We're we're totally teen like, chic. I would have rocked it, but like. <laughs> Back when I was in there, I was not fucking it. And that's where, um, you know, I had a lot of unspoken expectations where I felt like I wasn't living up to things and the pressure. And it just led to a lot of like self-doubt. And I was really, really shy. So it led to more shyness and all of that dynamics. It's it's all over the place. And if we don't learn how to recognize it, we can't alleviate it. It's almost like if you don't like have like a splinter in your finger and you don't take it out, it's going to get festered and infected and it's going to hurt. And it's going to try and get out itself. 
versus if you can find it and pick it out, then it's better for you. Yeah, I love that analogy. Uh, So in our next episode, we are going to talk more about like how you can manage these expectations. So we want to have you tune into the next episode. It should be out next week. And hopefully now your rules will be turning this week. Like before we go into this next episode, try to process in your own life. What are some spoken expectations that you're working on processing through? And what are some unspoken ones? So when you come in next week, that this is your homework. You have a week to do this. This is your homework. When you Therapist come in next Brittany. week. I know. <laughs> yeah. When you come in next week, they'll be ready to think like if I, in my own life, if I were to do this, I'd be like, okay, I'm feeling a lot of pressure from the beautiful homes I see on Instagram. That's an unspoken expectation I don't meet. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this next week. How can I process through that? That's actually really, I love that you gave them homework because I actually do this with my clients in sessions. So I do have them like <laughs> write down on a piece of paper or on your phone. Pa- paper's easier for, I, I, I'm nerd, right? Nerve, I, whatever. I am ADHD. Neurodivergent. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, like paper's better for me. But I have them write down their whole list of things that they feel pressure from or like think that I have expectations around. And then they come in and then we do what we'll talk about in the next episode. So if you have your list already, then you'll be more prepped to find the stuff we're talking about in the next one. Yeah, I think it'll be more helpful for those people. Like we have some friends who've reached out to us and be like, I got to go back and take notes on that. So this is your mental time, friends, to take notes. Write it down. Yeah. You have a week. You're going to find a lot. <laughs> if you have a week, my clients can find it in like 10 or 15 minutes in session. Even with me just like naming the stuff we named before, um, you guys can find it in a week for sure. Yeah. Okay. So in the meantime, you can find us on social media through Haunting Counseling. We will remind you of your assignment on there. Um, you can also listen to us on Spotify or Apple. And don't forget to spread the word and hit the like button. Thanks for listening, you guys. We're so grateful for you. Bye. Bye.